Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Friday, December the 31st, 2021. Wait, did I give you the time? Good afternoon, everyone. I'm sorry. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Friday, December the 31st, 2021. It is currently 12.54 p.m., Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the empty sanctuary of Victory Baptist Church located right here in Ovalo, Texas. I apologize there. I Sometimes when I'm giving the, when I'm doing the introduction, I'm, my, my mind is somewhere else. And so I was sitting here looking, well, at the book, The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis. I was looking at that while I was just, you know, kind of talk, giving the intro. So I'm like, you know, welcome everyone. Good afternoon, everyone. It is... Friday, December the 31st, and then I'm sitting here going, wait, by two things, a man is lifted. So I'm like reading The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis while I'm trying to give you the introduction, which led for, well, led to an absolute disaster. So should we start again? Should, should we should we just do it all over again? Should we do it again? Uh, here we go. Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Friday, December the 31st, 2021. It is currently 12.55 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the empty sanctuary of Victory Baptist Church located right here in Ovalo, Texas. And we have made it to, I think this will probably be the last podcast episode of 2021. Yes, we have reached the end of another year I have spent a lot of hours in this empty sanctuary talking to you. We have talked about current events. We've talked about theology, doctrine, Bible studies. We have done so much. And one of the things we have done this year is we have worked on the book, The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis. And we are going to finish the chapter that we're currently working on to end 2021. We're going to finish 2021, the last podcast of 2021, is going to be another study of the imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis. I think it's, hopefully that's a sign that we're going to continue to work on the book through 2022. I have every inc- indication or have every inclination. I Every indication is that is what I'm going to do and hopefully it will be beneficial. I think the 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 series has been somewhat successful. It's always hard to measure these long, like, you know, multi-year, multiple-year series. It's hard to know because you get, a lot of times you get the initial, rea- you know, when you first start a new series, you have that initial excitement and then that can die off. But if you stay with it, then many cases uh, you build up like a the, the original audience that may kind of abandon you early on in the series You'll, you you begin to pick up new people who, who who pick up the series. So all you can really do is just say if you if you believe that the series is important, all you can really do is just stick with it, whether the numbers go up or whether the numbers go down. You have to be committed to what you're doing, and not judge it based off how many people are listening or not listening. You really have to do that. So we we've had a a dedicated group of people who've been with us through the entire study of the imitation of Christ. 
and we've had a lot of new people who who joined in and we've had some people who dropped out. But all we can do is press on because I think it's very, very important. And I think it's going to be very important in 2022. Remember, the whole reason we started the imitation of Christ, if, if you'll really remember, is like, okay, wait a minute, the the pandemic is not going to be good. It's going to cause lots of distractions and lots of noise and lots of arguing. If I can get everyone to focus on something like the imitation of Christ, that can hopefully turn the pandemic as a time to be spiritually beneficial. While everyone's yelling and screaming, we can be considering this very important book in church history and get our minds on the things of God instead of getting preoccupied with all the yelling and screaming going on in the world. That was the goal. I I hope it has succeeded in some way, shape, or form, but whether it didn't succeed in doing that, there's no way to get around how, how interesting this book is and how how just convicting it is in almost every page. Every page gives you plenty of spiritual food to consider and think about. And we are in a very convicting chapter right now. We are in book two, chapter four, simplicity and purity. Book two, chapter four, simplicity and purity of the imitation of Christ written by Thomas Akempis over 500 years ago. Are you ready? Here we go. We're going to end 2021 by considering simplicity and purity as written by Thomas Akempis in chapter four of his book, The Imitation of Christ. I'm just going to start back at the beginning of the chapter and bring us right to where we are because we've only got really one one really small paragraph and then kind of uh, not even really that large of a paragraph. Really, we just kind of two smaller paragraphs to finish out this chapter. And um, I was going to say finish out the book. Now, we're a long ways to finishing the book, but... um. I hope this will be I hope this will be a good way to finish off this year. Here we go. By two wings, a man is lifted up from things earthly, namely by simplicity and purity. So if we're gonna be if we're gonna rise above earthliness, if we're gonna rise above worldliness, if we're gonna rise above carnality and fleshliness, if we're gonna rise above that in any way, Thomas Akempis argues that there's two things: simplicity and purity. Simplicity ought to be in our intention. In other words, our intentions should be simple, very simple and very simplistic. My intention, what my, my priority, my focus is on God's glory, his word, the great commission. It should be, we should simplify that. Simplify that these are the things I'm going to focus on. This is what I'm going to focus on going into 2022. Purity in our affection. We need to have pure affection that we desire and love those things that are pure and those things that are of God. Simplicity tends towards God. Purity apprehends and tastes him. I'm not going to go back and review everything we've talked about. We spent a lot of time on that paragraph. Some very good stuff there. Please go back and listen to the previous episodes. No good action will hinder you if you be inwardly free from inordinate affection, all right? If your affections are free from, in other words, if you are free from an inordinate affection, uh, your affections, in other words, are pure, then none of your good actions will hinder you, right? Even your good actions will hinder you if your inward affection is incorrect. In other words, I can have good actions, but if my inward desire, my inward affection is not pure, then that good action is being done for the wrong reason 
And we've talked a lot about that. If you intend and seek nothing else but the will of God and the good of your neighbor, you shall thoroughly enjoy inward liberty. If your heart were right, then every creature would be a mirror of life and a book of holy doctrine. We spent a lot of time talking about that as well. There is no creature so small and mean that it does not set forth the goodness of God. If you are inwardly good and pure, then you would be able to see and understand all things well without hindrance. A pure heart penetrates heaven and hell. Now, everything wants me to just go back and reteach all of that again, work through it again, but I'm not going to do that, all right? Because we're going to press on. We're going to finish this chapter out in 2021. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. Now, remember, Thomas Akempis almost writes sometimes like a stream of consciousness. Sometimes it's almost like he jumps from one idea to another idea. Sometimes the ideas seem to be connected. Let's see what he does here. Such as everyone is inwardly, so he judges outwardly. That's a profound statement. Such as ever, so how you are inwardly will determine how you judge outwardly. You, your judgment, your outward judgment is some kind of indication of how you are inwardly. Now, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to work on this a little bit because I think, now here, once again, Thomas Kempis doesn't explain what he means, right? He doesn't, he, that's, that's one of the beauties of the book and one of the frustrating things of the book. The beauty of the book is now you can sit there and just spend hours just thinking about, so what does he mean? As I am inwardly is how I judge outwardly, right? You can sit there and try to think about what he means, but it just gives you, it frustrates you because he doesn't explain, explain it, but it gives you this great opportunity to meditate on it. And to, and to really talk about it and hopefully find other Christians who are willing to discuss it because there's just so much there to try to figure out. So there's a lot of ways we could look at this. I could say, well, look, I judge that outwardly and I condemn that harshly because inwardly I am pure of heart and I'm righteous. Therefore, I'm condemning that outwardly. But I don't think that's the way it actually works. Or at least I'm going to call... I'm going to say that is highly suspect. Now, here's what I think happens. I think in many cases, the things we judge harshly outwardly are the things that are true of us inwardly. Our outward judgment is a reflection of, In other words, what we are judging outwardly is a reflection of the reality inwardly in this way. I'm condemning it outwardly because I am aware of what's in me. I know that I do the same thing. I desire the same thing. I have the same. Now, I'm not saying in every single case, but I think in some cases we always have to ask ourselves, why why am I so condemning of that? Is it because you know of the reality in your own heart? So really a part of your harshness towards it is because of you are so aware of it inwardly. You're almost judging yourself by judging it harshly, harshly outwardly because you are so upset with yourself about what's going on inwardly. 
I think that there's at least we have to at least raise that question. I think our outward judgment is not always a true reflection of anything. I think there's a lot going on there. I think sometimes there's a lot going on inside of us. And then we can, I've told you the example before. There was a, a, we we had a, a kind of an email group. I, I know some of you have heard this illustration, but I just have to tell it because I think it fits here. We had an email group at work when I was in the military, and it was the base chaplain and a lot of men who claimed to be Christians. And one morning, this gentleman who was a part of the group just was going absolutely just, he was going off on this billboard that he saw on the way to work, that it was immoral, that it was ungodly, that it was just wrong. It was basically pornography. It had this woman in a bikini and he needed to find out who he could contact to get that billboard taken down because it was wrong. It was an affront to God. It was horrible and it's got to be stopped. And it's like, whoa, man, why are you so upset, man? It's just, a, just don't look. It's no, like you're going to tell them what, what if, what if you put up a billboard for your church and someone gets upset about your billboard of your church? Should you take it down because you offend them? Like, you know, there is some freedom here, but come to find out this person had serious, serious issues with pornography. And that was a massive problem for him seeing that billboard. I mean, it caused him major problems. See, his outward reaction reflected his inward struggle. Now, I'm not saying that's always the case. Just saying we sometimes have to ask ourselves, why am I so upset about this? Now, I feel bad that the gentleman had to see that and have that struggle and that's a horrible struggle to have to deal with. That's horrible. And many, 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 many men can understand that struggle, okay? Including me. We can all understand that struggle. So um, I just, it's just an, it's written very interesting here. Just such is everyone such as everyone is inwardly, so he judges outwardly. You can tell me what you think. Do you think your judgment outwardly reflects your inward struggle? Or do you think your judgment outwardly reflects your inward purity? Do you think your external judgment reflects your internal purity or your internal struggle? Or we could say it this way. Do you believe your outward judgment reflects your inward purity or your inward impurity. He goes on to say, if there is joy in the world, surely a man of a pure heart possesses it. And if there be anywhere tribulation and affliction, an evil conscience best knows it. So the idea that joy comes from a pure heart and that basically tribulation and affliction It arises from an evil conscience. Last paragraph. As iron put into the fire loses its rust and becomes altogether white and glowing, so he who wholly turns himself unto God puts off all slothfulness and is transformed into a new man. If you were to wholly turn yourself to God, all slothfulness, being slothful, being lazy would just be gone and you would be transformed into a new man. Now, I have to at least call into question, now wait a minute, every time, every time some Christian book, pastor, anyone says, if you do this, you'll be transformed, you'll be changed. They always seem to forget that no matter what we do, 
I don't, you can take every advice that's ever been given in every Christian publication that's ever been published, every sermon that's ever been preached. You take all of that advice, and if you followed it to the letter, you would still be a sinner with a sinful nature who sins. You can take every sermon, every advice, every discipleship book, every devotional book, you take it all and you followed it to a letter. You made a chart and you're like, okay, I do this, 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 I read my Bible, I memorize scripture, I go to church, I do this, I pray, I fast, I do this, I do this, I give myself wholly to God, I do this, I do this. And at the end, you're still a sinner, you still sin. That's never going to change. Never going to change. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I'm sick of the Christianity always promoting, do this and you'll be transformed. Pastors do it all the time. Hey, join us next week as we begin a new series. And if you listen to this series and you are here every week, you're going to be transformed. Your marriage is going to be transformed. Your, your spouse is going to be transformed. Your cat's going to be transformed. Your dog's going to be transformed. Your kids are going to be transformed. You're not even going to touch the ground when you walk. Be here next week as we begin the most important series in the history of the church. Okay. I know a little bit of hyperbole there. You can do it all. You're still going to be a sinner with a sinful nature, and you're still going to sin. You will continue to sin until you are in the presence of God. Period. Does that mean I say just give up? And I'm not saying that. I'm saying that we have to realize the reality of the situation. We are in the flesh. We have a sinful nature. We're going to sin. We're going to sin. We're going to sin. And we're going to, it doesn't excuse it. We still have to condemn it. We have to still fight against it. But over and over and over, you're going to say the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, those are the very things I do. With, the, with my mind, I serve the law of God, but with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. All of that's from Romans chapter 7. So I, I don't like this idea that, hey, if you were to do this, then you would put off all slothfulness and you would be transformed into a new man. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something controversial, but I, 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 I stand by this. We are never new. We're never a new creature in practice. We are a new creature in our position and our practice, we still have a sin. When, when, when anyone says, if you're in Christ, you're a new creature, old things are passed away, behold, all things have become new. That's not true as long as you have an old nature, you still have your sinful nature. The old nature is still there, therefore not all things have become new. So that can't be referring to anything true practically. But yet we preach it like it's practical. No, 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 no. It's true positionally. Every time I read these kind of Christian, uh, any kind of Christian book, it's almost like, do this and boom, everything will be new. No, do this and I'm still going to be a sinner. I know that's not, that's not, that's probably not what you're typically here, but that's okay. Now we continue. When a man begins to grow lukewarm, then he is afraid of small labor and willingly receives outward comfort Now, this is an interesting concept. If you become lukewarm in your spiritual life, you become lukewarm. You will see anything spiritually, you will see anything that's spiritual as, well, you're going to become afraid. I'll use his words. You'll become afraid of any small labor. You're lukewarm, Bible study, Bible memorization, listen to sermons, 
do a a Bible a chapter summary method. No, you, none of that. You're just going to be like, no, that's that's in it because lukewarmness will see any s- small labor as being unpleasant. I'll, I'll, let me. I'll, I'll try to. Maybe this will make sense. If you love a particular, I'll just use this because since I was in, I've been in martial arts my good portion of my life. If you love martial arts, you love it, right? You love learning techniques. You love it all. You just love everything about martial arts. You love the sparring. You love the techniques. You love the forms. You love it all. You just love everything about martial arts. When it's time to go to martial arts class, right? 6 p.m., 7 p.m., 9 p.m., if it's a morning class, whenever. You don't, it's, you, you want it, you can't, or you're excited to get there. You're excited to get there. But when your love for martial arts begins to wane and there's kind of a lukewarmness to it, then you're going to be like, I don't know if I really want to go to class. Ah, oh, man, we're going to do what? We're going to be, we're going to be doing falls. We're going to, no, we're going to be doing self-defense techniques. I don't want to do, everything is going to be considered a, la- a labor. It's going to be, you're going to be afraid of it. You're not going to want to put forth the work. Same in Christianity. When you grow lukewarm spiritually, going to church will be a chore. You'll be like, I don't know if I want to go tonight. Oh, man. I don't know if I want to read my Bible this week. I don't. And everything is going to feel like, and you're going to look. And as he says, as Thomas Akempis says, you're going to receive outward comfort. In other words, you're going to look to something else to comfort you. You're going to look for something else that's going to be, that you would prefer to do. That's what, that's what's going to happen. Now, he then says, but when he once begins to overcome himself perfectly and to walk manfully in the way of God, then he esteems those things less, which before were grievous unto him. All right. Uh, you, when, when you, when you move away from your when you move away from your lukewarmness, in other words, you begin to get right with God, then you're going, you're go, your perspective will change. Like when you're right with God, the things of God are not grievous to you. The study of scripture, memorize, memorizing scripture, talking doctrine, theology, going to church, you want to be doing those things. You're excited to be doing those things. Your, your temperature spiritually will determine how you perceive your spiritual duties and responsibilities. Your spiritual duties and responsibilities, your attitude towards them will be determined by your spiritual temperature. So what is your spiritual temperature at the end of 2021? What is it? Are you on, are you on fire for God? Are you lukewarm? Are you cold? Where are you spiritually at the end of 2021? That's something you only you can do. I can't determine that for you. You know. You know if you see everything spiritual as some kind of horrible task. You know what that's like. Now, yes, I understand that you're going to have your ups and downs in life because of distractions, because of responsibilities. You got family. You got jobs. You got this. You got to do this. You got to clean the house. You got to do this. You got to work. Uh, the car needs this done. You got all of those. I understand all of that. But I'm saying just when you lay aside all of that noise, just it's just you alone. What is your spiritual temperature? 
on fire, excited, zealous for the things of God. You don't see you don't see these things as like some horrible thing that you abhor. You don't see it as some great labor. You see it as an act of of of, of love, something you want to do. I, I I've talked about it a million times. You I've I've said it so many times. I absolutely love music. It's not like oh boy, when I go home this afternoon, I'm gonna have to listen to music. I don't know if I feel like doing that. No, 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 no. I want to do it because I love it. I don't abhor it, see it as a chore. I see it as a, as a, as a great privilege and honor that I have so much music available to me. I love it. When, when, when the things of God can become responsibilities and chores and duty and not something you love. I don't want, I, I want the Bible study exercise that we do here on the Theology Central podcast. I want those Bible study exercises where we spend an entire week digging into God's word. I want that to be, okay, so good. Okay, but this, it wasn't planned. Uh, Will, who's listening, said this is the perfect uh, me- message to take into a new year. I, yeah, I mean, it, it turned out to be that way. Yeah, God's providence, because I felt bad the last time that I didn't finish the chapter. Now it just seems like like I'm a genius, but I can't take any credit for this because I I, I just I, I already wanted to finish the chapter. It just happens to be perfect that this is the end of the year. And going into the end of the year, where am I at spiritually? It's it's something it's always a good time to take a, our spiritual temperature. And and I I know look, I know I man, I, I fluctuate just like everyone else. Sometimes, man, I'm very I'm passionate for the things of God. And sometimes I feel that lukewarmness. I'm like, oh man, I don't really want to do that today. I don't really, I don't really want to do it. I, I'm a pastor. Sometimes I'm, even I sometimes like, I don't really want to go to church today. I know oh, I'm not supposed to say that. I know. Oh no. Okay. I'm sorry. Sorry. Strike that, strike that from the record. Give me a break. Any pastor who denies that is a liar. No, you, you have to, sometimes you, but sometimes, sometimes as Christians, we have to do what our responsibility is, even when the passion and is not there, but we have to work on trying to fix the temperature where it stops being a burden. There's, there's an excitement to do it. We, we love to do it. We want to do it. It's just, it's so, it's so, it's so much, or how can I say this? It really proves the existence of our sinful nature because there's so many things in life that I have never going, man, it's a burden. I never go through like, sometimes I'm excited about it. Sometimes it's always like, I love that. I've always loved music since, I mean, when other, when, even before I was in kindergarten, I mean, you can, there, I can go back to my earliest memories. Other kids may have been outside playing. I was always sitting in front of a stereo somewhere, somehow listening to music, always somewhere. There are photographs of me, a little kid just sitting with stacks of records in front of a stereo, just playing one or the other, making sure I knew how to hold the records right, how to clean them correctly, how to make sure the the needle on the turntable was correct, just listening, listening, album after album after album after album after album, single after single after single, listening. I, I, I had notebooks where I would listen to the top 40 countdown and I would always write them all out, write them all out, every song. And then I would make my predictions of which song would be number one. I, I still do that today, make my predictions. I have notebooks where I literally would listen to, I would stay up for 24 hours and I kept track of every song played on a radio station so that I could determine 
what their playlists look like. Like, okay, these, okay, this is how their playlist works. They play songs from the top 40 or from the top 20. And then they pull one that's older. Then they go back. And, and, and I can literally then predict like, oh, that, that, this is what song's next. I can literally predict their, their playlist. I lo- None of that was like, you stayed up 24 hours to do that? Because I loved it. Not because I had to. Not because someone made me. How many, I can't even tell you how many Thursday nights 11 p.m. I'm standing in front of my stereo equipment with my headphones on and I'm, I, I st- I'll stay up all night listening to all the new releases. No one makes me. No one. Ma- I, sometimes I would do that even when I had to be at work the next day. Uh, plenty of times I did that. I went without I would not use my lunch money for lunch, but to save the money up. So at the end of the week, I could buy music. I went without food. Not because someone made me because I loved music more than food. I wanted new music more than I wanted food. I wanted mu- I want to listen to music more than I want sleep. Your love, your passion for. Now, spiritually, it's just sad that I'm not always that consistent with spirituality. You know, just the, the evidence of the depraved nature. Our flesh will always fight, will always sometimes, the flesh almost always perceives spiritual responsibility. I, I say spiritual opportunity. I'm going to say it this way. Our flesh has a tendency to view spiritual opportunity as nothing more than responsibility. Our flesh has a tendency to see spiritual opportunity. Spiritual opportunities, I get to read God's word. That's an opportunity. That's a blessing. I get to study God's word. I get to listen to sermons. Do you imagine you live in a day and age where you can open up the sermon audio app and you've got millions of sermons? Just of it. You can open up the Edify Christian podcast app, millions. You can just listen to it all. There was a time you couldn't even do that. Those are opportunities, those are blessings. But our flesh will see that mirror as a responsibility, that it's a, it's a task. And so. That's because of our spiritual nature. Our, the only way to overcome that is to get rid of that lukewarmness and then get that passion and, and love for God back. But it's it's not something you can just make happen. You can't just, I'm going to think this way. No, it's just something you have to just pray that God will continue to work on your heart. And then and sometimes you have to go through that valley where it feels like a, a responsibility. It has to feel like a duty. It has to feel like something you don't like. You got to fight through that. Sometimes when I've, I've often said, when I don't want to study, when I don't want to memorize, when I don't want to read, when I don't want to listen to a sermon, it's usually an indication that I need to. Because that don't want to is showing me that I'm becoming lukewarm in my spirituality. But your flesh will always take every spiritual opportunity and make it feel like a spiritual responsibility, whether it's church or anything else. Uh, writing a sermon, writing a Sunday school lesson, doing a Christian podcast. There are times I drive out here and, and my wife will tell you, I'll be sitting, I'll be in the house and I'll be like, I don't really want to go. I don't really want to go today. I don't really want to go do, I don't want to do anything today. I want to sit right here and listen to music or I want to sit here and watch this or I want to do this. And the next thing you know, I'm packing everything in the car going and it's 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 to fight that it's to say no my flesh you don't win you don't, you're going to make me feel like it's a responsibility but it's really an opportunity to get to do that so i'm going to go do it even though i don't want to do it and then hopefully when i'm done i feel like wow 
I'm glad I did it. Sometimes I drive away here, drive back home going, man, I was an idiot. I should not have gone and done anything. That was a that was an absolute disaster. Like like when I when I get in the car today and drive home, I'm going to be thinking, man, that first hour, I should not have done the tools for 2022. That what didn't go well. That just did not flow the way I wanted it to flow. And so I'm going to regret that all night that I wasted an hour. And so and so guess what? Then that will discourage me. The next time I come back, go, man, do I even want to go back? But I've got to, it's about the opportunity to turn on the microphone and talk to people about the things of God. It's an opportunity. I should be passionate about that because of my love for God. I have the opportunity to minister, but sometimes I'll see my opportunity to minister as nothing more than a mere responsibility because that's my flesh. My flesh fights against anything spiritual. It resists it. So it view it if it can convince me that it's nothing more than a responsibility and an obligation, then it becomes a burden. And once it becomes a burden, I will look for, as Thomas Akempa said, let me read it to you again. He's, he's very perceptive here, all right? When a man begins to grow lukewarm, he, uh, then he is afraid of, of small labor and will willingly receive outward comfort, your flesh will see spiritual opportunity as an obligation, as a burden, and then it will point you to something for comfort that's not spiritual. A movie, baseball game, a picnic, anything. And you'll find comfort in that and find a temporary sense of joy and happiness and not even regret the fact that you didn't engage in anything spiritual because you found that outward comfort. Your flesh will convince you that every spiritual opportunity is nothing more than a responsibility. It is a burden. And then it will point you to another form of comfort, something that will get you away from that burden and that responsibility, and you'll find comfort in it, whether it's another hour of sleep or whatever the case may be. Thomas Skimp is very perceptive right here, but I'll stop. The next chapter, which is going to be perfect, I love this. The next chapter, consideration of oneself. What better way to stop to start 2022 than considering ourselves? We've ended 2021 taking our spiritual temperature and coming to the realization that our flesh will always force us to see spiritual opportunity as an obligation and then point us to something to comfort us other than that which is spiritual. We've, we've, we've looked at that. And the only way to overcome that is to get rid of that spiritual lukewarmness. When we start next year, we're going to consider ourselves in chapter five of book two of The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis. All right. I think I'm going to stop. It's 128. Oh, there's one more thing I want. I may do one more thing. I may, I may, I may. We will see. I have to look at something and I may do something. I said, this is the last podcast of 2021. It may be, there may be one more. We'll have to see. If I don't come back live on the air here in about the next 15 minutes, it's because I decided that I'm starving to death and I need to go home and get food. All right. <laughs> that, I, I do need food. The, the one thing, you say, well, you'll give up food for music. Yeah, but here's the difference. I can't give up food for podcasting, 
because my stomach starts growling and then the microphone picks it up. Okay. So I can't, <laughs> then I can't do it when my stomach is like, that doesn't make for good podcasting. Okay. That that's embarrassing. Okay. So, um, when, when my stomach starts doing that, that tells me, yeah, it's probably time to go home and get some food. But, um, if it's music, see, I, the stomach can growl all it's one. I got headphones on. Who cares? All right. So, all right. Just want people to go, wait, you're inconsistent. No, there's a reason. All right. I, I'm going to look one thing up and maybe we can do that. I'll have to see if it will even be beneficial, but we'll see. All right. Thanks for listening. Um, I hope everything today, I, I hope the discussion of just war doctrine was beneficial. I just think that that's very relevant and timely because of the Russian situation. That's why I wanted to talk about it. And because it just deals with how we should look at the world. Hopefully those tools for 2022 were somewhat beneficial. I just really wanted to outline, hey, here are the things we're going to be using. Hopefully um, we had a number of people join the uh, the Bible memory app already. I don't know how they found it. Oh, I think some, I think they found it in the discord channel. I think that's how they found it. I don't know if anyone's found it in the search bar yet. I'll have to go back and look. We're going to get that fixed as well. But thank you for listening. If this is the last time I talk to you this year, thank you for all your support and for listening. And uh, hopefully we can make 2022 better than we have, uh, well, in all the years previously. Hopefully we can make it better. We'll see. All right, everyone, thanks for listening. God bless.